Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. Today's episode is all about building a bold, magnetic, and profitable business with the incredible Suze Chadwick. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I need to tell you there are only a couple of tickets left to the Rise Up conference. So if you want to do the deep self-work that it takes in order to be able to show up in that magnetic, unapologetic version of you that you know you need to be in order to take massive action in your business, and the Rise Up conference is for you. We are going to be spending two transformational days at the Hilton on the Gold Coast, transforming you from who you used to be into the next level version of yourself. So if you want to find out more and grab the one of the last tickets available and get access to all the incredible bonuses that we have included, head to riseupconference.com.au now and find out all about it. So if you want to be the go-to person in your industry and you want your dream client searching you out, then building a bold magnetic brand is where it's at. Suze Chadwick is a bold business branding and speaker coach who helps you take your brand from basic biscuits to delectable got to have goodness. Don't you just love that? She works with savvy women in business to create confidently bold brands and profitable businesses without the burnout. In today's conversation, which is jam packed, we go through the top mistakes that are being made when attempting to scale your personal brand what it takes to build a bold brand online, role modeling so you can actually take yourself to the next level, becoming that go-to person in the industry, dealing with rejection along the way, and creating a magnetic brand to have your dream clients reaching out asking, how can I work with you? So let's dive into today's episode and let me introduce you to the beautiful, bold, and super fun Suze Chadwick. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners, where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset, and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the Next Level Life podcast. I'm super excited to have this beautiful guest with me today and I'm going to let Suze introduce herself. But to get started, Suze, I want you to share with us what's one of the biggest lessons you've had in your business journey so far. Hey, Christine. So nice to be here. So the biggest lesson I've had in my business is that the simpler I make it, the more money I make. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you want to give us an example of how yeah. that's played out for you? Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, I basically did a bit of an audit on my business. I wasn't feeling amazing in it. I was making a lot of revenue. I wasn't making a huge amount of profit and I was feeling heavy. So probably burnt out is, you know, the way that we talk about it. And when I looked at my business, I had accumulated a lot of stuff. You know, if you follow me on social, I've been talking about decluttering for like the last week where I've decluttered my home. I had to declutter my business. I had workshops, memberships, courses, consulting, one-on-one coaching, dog grooming, like (laughs) not really, but all of it. I had so much stuff. And what I had to sit down and really take a look at was what is, what's profitable? What's on purpose? So what is aligned with my purpose? Like, does this really help me support women to become bold and powerful voices in the world and claim their space with confidence? Uh, what do I love 
And what do I want to take forward? And I culled about 80% of my business. So the only thing that I took with me was my course, Brand Builders Academy. I speak. It's one of my revenue streams. And then at the time, I also brought with me uh, my coaching too. And by doing that, I literally 10X'd my business pretty much within the next two or three months because the issue was people would come to me and they'd be so overwhelmed with everything that they could do. They're like, I really want to work with you, but do I join the membership? Do I join the course? Do I come to the conference? Do I go to the workshop? Do I get my dog groomed, whatever it is. And I was just like, I don't know, what do you want to do with me? (laughs) And so I feel like it created overwhelm in action for the people that wanted to work with me and it created burnout for me. Mm. Uh, And I was working a job, by the way, part-time as well. So I was running a brand agency. So just a couple of things. I just had a couple of things going on. Uh, But basically when I culled my business, it gave me time, freedom, focus and incredible profit. Mm, And impact, right? Being able to impact in such a bigger way. Yeah. I love that. I think we all all go through that journey where I think we say yes to so many things in the early stages and you think you've got to do it all and then you see everyone else doing all of it and then you're like, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And then you're right, it gets to that point where you're like, what am I doing? And I think it's also you're in a you're in a phase of trying different things. It's kind of like what do I what do I love? Like I created a membership. It was profitable. I had an incredible community. Hated it. Hated the membership model. Didn't didn't love it. But the thing is is like I'm like, well, I tried it and yes, I could make it work, but it, I just didn't enjoy it. Whereas I love my course and I love my mastermind. Like those, I'm just like chomping at the bit. Like I want to do them. They're exciting and I, and I love the work in them. So I think that at the beginning you do try different things because you're trying to figure out what really fits. Yeah. And so it's fine to go through that, but I would just say, you know, do that audit on a regular basis. Like I'd probably say on an annual basis, audit your business and really ask yourself, is it profitable? Is it aligned with your purpose? Does it bring you pleasure? Like, do you really enjoy doing it as well? And so I think that if you can say yes to all of that, then keep it, but just make sure that you've got, it's really clear for your audience where you want them to go and what you want them to do. And if you've got too many things, you'll confuse them. Yeah, I totally agree. And I want to ask another question about what you just said before we then intro you, because I know everyone's like, well, who is this chick? But I'm going to, she's going to tell you in a second. (laughs) But firstly, like, what do you believe when it comes to like, how long should you test something before you know that? Oh, I mean, I'm, I am of the belief of fail fast or assess fast I think depending on what it is, you should be able to assess pretty quickly whether it's something that you enjoy doing and whether it's something that's going to be profitable. What I would say now to my more inexperienced self is do the numbers first and make sure it's profitable and then go into it and say, whether you like it or not, but at least even if you try it and you end up not liking it, hopefully you still made money in the process. Yeah. What I did is that I used to run a lot of events when I first started my business and I basically ran them at cost. 
Like I might have, I might have made a little bit of profit. Whereas now, my like I do costs, profit, then then pricing. You know, and I make sure that that's a highly profitable thing. But I think once again, you kind of learn these things as you go. So now I teach my students like profit, like profit is has to be one of the main focuses before you launch anything. Is it going to be profitable? The other thing that I would say to caveat that though is that sometimes it takes time. So, for example, with my online course, Year one, you know, because I had a billion things happening, I might have made like five or ten thousand dollars because I was semi-launching. I was like, oh, I've got this thing, here's this thing. If anybody wants it, along with the 10 other things I have, go for it. But once I culled everything, like it was then 70 grand launch, 100 grand launch, 150 grand launch, like those sorts of things. So I think that sometimes you've also got to stick with something that you believe in and that you love and that you know will become profitable. And you've got to, we were just talking a second ago before we hit record, sometimes you've got to really make sure you've left no stone unturned when it comes to making something successful that you know could be successful. Mm, yeah such wise words like honestly it's something that a lot of people really struggle with is knowing what's going to work and what's not going to work and you know giving it their all and putting it all in but you're right like sometimes it's not a hard and fast rule there's elements that you need Mm. to have the faith and follow the faith and give it all and then other times where you just need to cull it because it's like it's not even profitable but you did it because you you wanted to serve or you wanted to give right and I think there's a lot of hesitation with I think a lot of people who go well oh I shouldn't work out the profit first because I just want to give and see if it's something that people love whereas actually at the end of the day if you don't do profit first you'll end up resenting it because you're putting in all this time and energy and that's when you get to that burnout place right because you're just like oh my god I'm putting all this effort in getting no return and it's not supporting me and being able to be the best version of me because I'm resenting it all or I'm hating it or I'm not bringing me joy Yeah. And the other thing with that, I mean, I know you talk about money all the time as well, is that if it's not profitable, then you can't grow it. You know, like contractors, VAs, ads, video people, whatever, whoever it is that you want to hire, they do not work for love and fresh air. So (laughs) if you want to grow your business and make it successful, you have to be profitable in order to pay yourself and pay the people that are going to help you to grow your business. Amen to that. Amen to that. Okay, awesome. Suze, tell us who you are, what you do, and what your zone of genius is. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm Suze Chadwick. I am a bold business branding and speaker coach. So I have come from a brand strategy background in corporate. I used to work with really large corporates like investment banking and pharmaceuticals and media companies to help them to stand out uh, with key messages and attract people into their organization. So more employer branding. Uh, And so that's kind of where I got started. And then when I built that business within the company that I was working for, we ended up going global with that. And then I had girlfriends that wanted to start their own businesses and uh, over dining room and coffee tables and glasses of wine, I would be like, right, 
this is what you're going to do. And I'm like, okay, so here's your products and your pricing, your marketing, your messaging, your branding. And it was just something that really lit me up. And it was something that I really, really enjoyed doing. So for me, that's kind of where it started. And they were like, you need to do this. Like you need to get paid for this. And I was like, okay, this could be fun. And so I started my business and they ended up referring a lot of friends to me. And that's how I started the coaching. And it had really come from obviously all of my years experience. Like I come from a recruitment and HR background as well. So I was managing big teams and profit and loss statements and all the rest of it. So I enjoy that part of business. And then I just, yeah, I just started coaching and then I started events because I really love in-person connection and community. And I was really craving that. I'd lived in the UK for eight years uh, and then come back home to Melbourne and didn't really have a network here anymore. And so that was something that was amazing to be able to do. Uh, And it just grew from there. And so whilst I was still managing the brand consulting business, I was building my business on the side. And then when my business kind of got to six figures or more, I, I took the leap. Wow. Wow. I'm so amazed that it took that long for you to take the leap. (laughs) Yeah. You know something. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think sometimes you get to a stage in life where it's just not possible to be all in sometimes. Like we've got a big mortgage and we've got other responsibilities and, and I, had a very uh, big salary in corporate. And so it just wasn't possible for me to leap before the business was up and running. Um, As I always say, I would love to be a beach Bali entrepreneur, but it just was not possible with, you know, when I started my business, I had a three and a five-year-old. Yeah. So, so I eventually leapt, but I have to say, I really loved my, like I had a really amazing corporate job and I had really incredible leaders who supported me uh, in my business. But you know, the other thing that I always say, even to uh, clients now who might be working other jobs, I was non-negotiable with my boundaries. Like when I said I worked two days a week, I was not available to be contacted on those other days and they knew that. So I think that it worked for me because I was strong with those boundaries and so the time that I had in my business, I had in my business and I wasn't like doing other people's work during that time. So I could kind of have my cake and eat it too, so to speak, still be on a salary whilst building my business Uh, and that just worked for me and I just said... and until it doesn't work, then I'll stay in it. But I got my business up to sort of multiple six figures. And then I was like, okay, I'm probably ready to to go now. And I also think like the the barley and the beach and the laptop lifestyle looks amazing. But as high achievers, I think we would be bored. Like I think we would get bored. (laughs) I'd give it a red hot go, Christine. I would give it a red hot go though. It looks amazing. Uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, something, everybody's got their own journey that they have to go on. And I, and I think that people come into business at different stages of life. I think the one thing that having a job and starting my business taught me is that I can actually run a really successful multiple six figure business in three days a week. Yeah. Which is epic. Before, like before I actually took that leap, I'm like, I could work three days a week because I was, I was working sort of two to three days 
at the corporate uh, and I can make this work. Mm, so good. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's share all the goodness so we can, you know, give everyone else the tools that it's going to take to, to create, create that multiple, multiple six-figure business. So let's talk personal brands and what it takes to scale. So what are some of the mistakes that you see personal brands make when it comes to scaling their business? So I think once again, I'm going to come back to that first thing that I said about simplicity. If I can't say exactly what it is you're known for, then you've missed an opportunity. So I think sometimes we're like, I talk about all of these different things all the time and I I love them. And that's what I would call to a point content pillars, but they all have to seriously come back to what you want to be known for. Like when I think of creativity, I think of Elizabeth Gilbert. When I think of vulnerability, I think of Brene Brown. When I think about uh, online business, I think of Amy Porterfield. Yeah, You know, there's certain people that I think about that make me, you know, go to a certain topic or those sorts of things. And so I think that it's really about us once again, simplifying the message and just saying, you know, I'm here to support women to build bold and magnetic brands. Mm. Like, I think once you do that and you have that name for yourself, then you can expand, right? Then you can go into other areas. But I think I am such a firm believer as well with that too, that it's like people need to know how to recommend you or how to refer you. Like if someone's having a challenge that you can help someone solve and someone doesn't go, oh, I know someone who could help you with that, then it's really not going to support you in having that awareness or expanding, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that my mentor shared with me a long time ago was if you were to sit and write down, say, a testimonial that somebody said about you, what would it say? And so, for example, uh, you know, I've had people that have come to me and said, I was talking to a friend and I was saying to them, I really want to be more confident. I want to be bolder in what I'm doing. I want to kind of build that brand so that people know me. And I've had so many people that have said to me and they just said, well, you need to speak to Suze. And so I think you've got to really think about how you are projecting that message, sharing that message, being repetitious with that message so that people know that you're the person to go to when it comes to X. So, you know, if I'm like, I really want to learn how to, I don't know, like, you know, sort out my numbers and become a numbers nerd and et cetera. Like I kind of think of Fee Johnson from Peach Business, uh, who I know down here in Melbourne. So she's all about the numbers. She used to be an accountant. She's now a business mentor, those sorts of things. So there are certain people that just trigger a thought in you. And that's one of the key factors to having a really strong brand is that repetition and recognizable, like, logo or uh, strap line. And so I think that that's something to spend time on. And I actually don't think people spend time on it. And what you may not know is that you can actually put words into other people's mouths. And what I mean by that is if you say, so for me, I help women build profitable businesses as well as bold and magnetic brands. The more that I say that, the more that when people talk about me, they will say that too. So I think really crafting, I call it a neon sign, that neon sign that flashes above your head that you would love people to repeat to others, have that, have it on your website, have it on your socials, talk about it, say it, 
in every single podcast interview, whenever you, you know, no matter what you do, say it on repeat and others will say it. Mm, so good. You're so right. And I think you just got to make it simple for, pe- for people. People want to recommend you and refer you. You just got to make it easy. Yeah. Stop making it so complicated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So is there a strategy that you use in order to create that for someone? Yeah. So I think it's really about sitting down and, uh, and working through how you want people to feel. So what is it that you're going to do for them and who's it for? So for example, when I got the phrase building confidently bold brands, which was kind of the first iteration, I had said to my clients, and when I looked at the testimonials that they'd given me, they're like, Suze, you're so bold and you're so confident in the way that you're putting, like, I want to be more like that. And so those were two words that consistently came up when my clients talked about working with me. I just want to be bold and confident like you. And so my neon sign started with building bold and confident, like confidently bold brands because I come from a branding background. I'm all about the brand, uh, which, you know, it's, it's with the business as well. Obviously, you know, if you're looking to build a, a brand, you've got a business. And so it intertwines really nicely. But I think just really take a look at what are the things that your clients are coming to you and saying why they want to work with you? Like what are the words that they're using? And the other thing that I'd say is just get a whiteboard or a sheet of paper and just do a big brain dump and look at the testimonials. Look at all your testimonials. Listen to what your clients are saying. And the other thing that I have recently kind of started to use a lot more is magnetic because what I find is I get a lot of people in my DMs and Instagram just saying, I don't know how I can work with you, but can you just let me know? And so without really even doing the pitch or the sale or all the rest of it, that is something that I found is happening a lot more. So the more that I show up, the more I do what I do, the more I'm just really honest, you know, like I post stories with cat filters on when I'm still in bed and like, it's not, you know, all glamour and sunshine and rainbows. And I think that just having those honest conversations, I just find a lot of people relate to me as well. And so that magnetism is something, and I'm writing about it in my second book at the moment, is really about how you become known with that personal brand to a point where you've just got people who are like, I know you don't know me, but like, can you just send me links so that I can work with you? I'm like, sure, here you go. (laughs) So so I think that uh, that's definitely something that I'm really passionate about as well because, you know, when we're talking about having a simple business and not having to work all the time, I think you've got to have something that attracts the right people. Otherwise you are burnt out because you're constantly on that hamster wheel, like more content, more content, like doing more, doing more, more products, more services, all the rest of it. And it can, it's just too much. So Mm. I think having a really clear personal brand that has a really simple message that is repeatable and speaks to the emotion and the outcome that your client wants when they work with you, which is the language they use to talk about you and having that magnetic personal brand where the way in which you show up really names and claims your audience. So I talk about this a lot. If you're somebody who's like a wallflower who 
really doesn't want to be visible, who's happy just to sit and do the work and not really show up at all. Uh, and you don't want to be bold. I'm not the person for you, but there will be other coaches and I've 100% done it. I've spoken to somebody and I'm like, right, this is what I would want you to do. And they're like, yeah, no. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Here are three coaches that I think are probably more your speed. But I think naming and claiming your audience means that you have that magnetic effect, which is where people are like, you're for me. It's, you scare me a little bit, but, but you're for me. Yeah. Because I want that. It scares me a little bit because I know I want it. I don't know how to do it. I see you do it. And so I'm just going to say to you, can you just tell me how Mm. we can work together? So I think those are like a couple of things that if you get them right, they can really work for you. I love that. Naming and claiming your audience. I think that's really powerful because then it starts to create that community as well. But also it helps you to be truly lit up by the people that you work with, right? So you're not, you know, you can say no to people that aren't really your fit and also like stay in your zone of genius to help support people. So I believe that there's also then the element of like you're being the aspiration of the person that you want to work with. But I think that that's who we work with all the time, isn't it? Like when I think about who I work with, I'm like, I want what she's got. Yeah. Like that's why I work with her because I can see what she does and I can see the success she's had or whatever it is. And so I want to learn from her or from him. And I think that that that's another really interesting thing because I know that a lot of women are quite shy about talking about their success or what they've done or where they've been or what they did or whatever it is. But you've got to understand that by sharing that and not in a vein of boasting or being showy, but it's like, oh my gosh, I worked this out. This is how like it made me successful and got me to where I wanted to be. But these were all the bumps along the way that I had. So people who are like, well, number one, I love your honesty that it wasn't an overnight success. Number two, the fact that you shared that makes me feel like I'm not alone. Number three, I can see like what you've actually been able to do and I want that. So now I, can you just teach me how you got there? Yeah, there's so much fear around that, isn't it? It's so fascinating. There's so much fear around people actually claiming what it is that they've been able to achieve. But I love how you've articulated that, that it's actually, it's, I think people think that, if they were to do that and celebrate their successes, it's just the success. Like this is what I've been able to achieve, but I love how you've then shared, no, share the backstory, like share how you actually got there. And that shows you as a real person. It's not some unicorn that just went, Oh, I made a multiple six figure launch and now I'm amazing. Right. Like it's first launch $5,000 guys. Yeah. Cause I was like, "Mm, here's a thing. So I think that it's, I think it's really important for us to, to own that as well. It was really interesting. I was listening to a podcast. It's, uh, it's called Money and Something. It's these two guys uh, that talk about uh, financial topics and they talked about the difference between men and women when it comes to money. And one of the things that they said is that women are 20% or more less likely to share when their business is doing well, Mm. which I was, and they gave a whole lot of other stats, which I thought was super interesting. But I'm just like, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because we, I guess we're just programmed to not talk about, because it's like tall poppy syndrome. It's like, well, don't, you know, don't brag. That's kind yeah. of how we're brought up. Like, don't don't be too boastful about stuff. But I just think it's it depends on why you're doing it. 
like number one, I'm celebrating my success. Number two is that, you know, together we could do this as well. Uh, And so I think if the intention is there, like the right intention is there, I think that people can always feel that too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's that authenticity or genuineness behind it that people can definitely feel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. You're right. It's so fascinating that so many women do have that. And I think you're right. We're conditioned in that way. We're conditioned to tear each other down or we're conditioned in a way that we think women are pitted against each other as well. So there's that that kind of comes into play. And I remember reading um, the difference between men and women applying for jobs. If someone reads the job role, right, and the guy reads the job role and he's like got 20% of the skills on that list, he'll apply for it and be like, yeah, I'm the best fit for this role. And then women, the woman reads it and they read it and go, if they don't have 100% of the skills on their list, they don't even apply. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so sad. Like I feel like that's super sad that women aren't really celebrating their own qualities and abilities and skills in massive ways. And I think that by you showing up like that and sharing that, it gives other people the permission to do it too. So I just want to acknowledge yeah. you for that because that's huge. Yeah, thanks. But I also, you know, something I joke around with my my clients on this and I do talk about it is that I'm such a yes girl when it comes to opportunities. Way before I, 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 you know, in my book, in my first book, Play Big Brand Bot, I was saying, you know, I got a New York secondment when I was living in London because I was just the first person to put my hand up. We were at our Friday night drinks, like, because I used to work for Deloitte Consulting and I was in a big team and there was Friday night drinks and the director, as he was starting the drinks, he said, there's an opportunity in New York. And I literally just put my hand up. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know when it was. I didn't know anything. And he was just like, he's like, okay, so it's a secondment. It's for this long. It's working at this bank. Um, you know, will it's all obviously all expenses paid, etc. I would have been uh, the same. Yeah. Yes, and, I, and he's like, well, Suze, you were the first one to put your hand up. So it's yours if you want it. And I was, and I just think, Sometimes it's, number one, it's just more fun. (laughs) It's just just more fun. But just go for things. Just say yes before you have all the details, before you know whether you're qualified or not. If an opportunity presents itself and you think that looks really interesting, say yes. And then if you find out all the details, as long as you've not signed any contracts, you can always say no. Yeah. So I just think say yes, figure it out later. Uh, and just and just go for more of the things that you want to without holding back. Mm. I think that's such such good advice because I think, you know what else is really interesting is that often when people are growing and scaling their businesses and they first put offers out, right, to whatever it is. And I remember listening to one of my mentors and she has a really high-rated podcast in the States. And she was like, when she first made this offer for guests to come on her podcast, she had crickets, like no one applied. And she was like, what is going on? Am I not approachable? Like, she's like, just because people were questioning that they whether they were good enough to be on the podcast. So she had literally the first three people that applied, she's had to say yes to because whether they were qualified or not, <laughs> because she was like, I had no one else apply. It's so I was like, you just never know, right? Like just apply. I love that. Just apply and just figure it out along the way. It's always been my motto for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. And just even asking, right? Asking for what it is that you want. You just dealing with the rejection obviously is is definitely worthwhile working through but it's a 50 50 chance people are either going to say yes or they're going to say no yeah absolutely and if they say no what happened like the world did not end you did not die like nobody came and took all of your belongings like nothing happened and I think that's the other thing is that 
just getting into that, like, I'm going to ask and see what happens if they say no, oh, well, onto the next thing, or I'll come back to it later. Like yeah. we just not putting your whole self-worth into whether somebody's going to say yes or no, because at the end of the day, it may not be the right time for them. They might be fully booked at the moment. Um, they're like, you know, something, this isn't the right opportunity for now, but maybe next mm. year, like come back to me on that. I just think there's so many reasons for a no and probably the last reason is that they don't like you which is probably the first reason that you're thinking and and if you approach somebody the likelihood is that there's probably a brand alignment you you know you approach them because you feel like there was some sort of synergy it's not going to be a, mm, actually, I don't really like you. So no, yeah, like gonna that's never going to be the reason. <laughs> rarely, rarely is that going to be the reason. So I just think go after all the opportunities that align with your purpose and what it is you want to do and then work it out along the way. And if you get into the conversation where you thought something was going to be great, but then it's not really what you thought, that's okay. You can always walk away. So, you know, I, I love the fact that I say to my clients, here's like five ways to say no. You know, I get, I get pitched for my podcast quite a lot, but I've got a bit of a rule that I have to know somebody now because I get pitched all the time. I'm like, if I don't know you, if I don't have a relationship with you, then I'm just not sure. Or, or I feel like it would be a good vibe Mm -hmm. then I'm just not sure. And so I always say, you know, thank you so much for pitching or thanks so much for the opportunity. But unfortunately that's, that's not a, I can't do that right now, Uh, but all the best with it. And I think us going after opportunities and us, you know, either accepting opportunities or not, just go with your gut on it, but go after more opportunities because it's a numbers game as well. If I go after no opportunities, I get no opportunities. If I go after 50 opportunities, I might get 20 of them. Yeah, absolutely. Simple right? maths. And we stop at five, right? <laughs> we do five and then go, oh, my God, everybody said no, and then we stop. It's like, no, keep going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and I I always say that at the beginning of the year or whenever, just because that's when I set my goals, is I'm like, okay, I want to get on like 30 podcasts. So I've got my podcast, but then I want to be a guest on 30 podcasts. And so every month I track that. Yeah. And then if I'm not tracking, then I'll put it out there. I'm like, if you're looking for a podcast guest, hit me up, like, let me know. Uh, and so I think just having those clear goals as well, where you're like, okay, so I want 10 speaking gigs next year, like 10 paid speaking gigs. And yeah. so, okay, well, what could I potentially do right now that could start to help me to connect with people who run events with the audience that I want and how to, you know, maybe I should start to pitch myself and things like that. I just think a lot of times we sit back and we wait for things to come to us. And I think that the whole, you know, thing about manifestation is not that you're just like, oh, I wish for a million dollars and it comes to you. It's like, right, this is what I want. I am clearing my space to receive that. I am now putting the intention in place. I am now putting the plan of action in place. And I am going to do what I need to do in order to manifest that. Yeah, And I think that, yeah, absolutely. And have clear goals, have clear intentions, look at them every day, track how you're going with stuff when you want to achieve something as well. 
Mm. So I think that's something. Speaking that, my language, absolutely yeah. love it. <laughs> now let's let's chat about then what, how we make it profitable, right? So I think we need to talk about that in regards to like scaling. We've got an idea of what our personal brand is, and we're really working towards putting that out there, really clear with our messaging. Now, how do we ensure that it's a really profitable, scalable business? Yeah. So once again, I'm going to come back to the numbers because the numbers never lie, and the numbers are your friend. <laughs> I'm like, learn to love the numbers. Yes, stop avoiding them. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, once again, I just think it's about taking a look. So, let's say you want to earn a hundred thousand dollars. Let's say you want to earn a million dollars. Taking a look at the products and services in your business. Like, let's just keep it really simple, really baseline. What do you have? How much does it cost? And how many do you need to sell in order to reach your goal? And I think that just that simple equation so many business owners don't do. And the other thing that I find really interesting is when I say to somebody, so what's your financial goal? And they're like a million dollars. And I'm just like, (laughs) okay, where did that come from? And they're like, I just, that's what I want. I'm like, okay, well, let's take a look at your products and services, all the rest of it. But it's also about profitability. So I can have, you know, and you would know from running events as well, is that at the beginning, lots of revenue, not a lot of profit because I didn't build it that way. And so it's also taking a look at, okay, um, you know, so for example, the first retreat that I ran, I didn't make a lot. The second retreat, I started making a lot more. And the third retreat is now like super, super profitable, like well worth it. And so I think that you've got to get those numbers in place and really take a look at how much does it cost me to run this, to do this, whether it's an event, a course, a membership, whatever it is, uh, and how much profit is going to come out of that. Because I think a lot of times we talk about revenue, which is, which is you know, that's fine to talk about, yeah. but there's no point having 100000 or 500000 in revenue if your profit's like 50 grand. Exactly. So I think it's just understanding. Yeah, I think it's just understanding that as well. Uh, And I think that a lot of women in business feel like it's a lot more complicated than what it actually is. And so once again, coming back to the first thing I said, you can keep it really simple and it can make a lot of sense and you can make really great decisions based on simple information. And I think that as long as you can pair it back and kind of go, okay, I know that this is what I want to sell this year. So, so for example, at the beginning of the financial year, which is when we're kind of recording this podcast, I now take a look at what my next 12 months is going to be. And I have a spreadsheet. I've got my, how many things I want to sell of each thing. Is it profitable? Do I need to increase my prices? Do I need to have more sales of that? Like what's that going to give me? But also taking a look at well, how much will I get paid then if I do that? And so I think that those numbers are really important. And also obviously making sure that you're aligning to, is it still on purpose? Mm. Does this still align with how I want to be in the world, who I want to be, how I want to show up, how I want to serve, those sorts of things. And so, you know, I've got um, some smaller courses where I'm just like, hmm, I think I'll just wrap those into these as bonuses because I think it aligns with say my mastermind and I don't really want to sell that on its own. Like I just want to focus on these two things. And so if I can just focus on these two things and build the business around these two things, then 
that's exactly what I want to do. And I think that once you get rid of the clutter of all the things and just focus in on one or two things that you really want to grow and you want to become known for, and that's where you know you want to work with your clients in whatever capacity it is, then I think that that gives you a lot of freedom to then get creative and play with your marketing to then focus on those particular products and services Mm. as well. So just simplify. Yeah, which only just strengthens everything that you do because your messaging then becomes even clearer. People know exactly what it is that you sell. So people are actually then referring you for the specific courses that you're running. Like it all just fits so nicely. And I think we can get so caught up in doing all the things that (laughs) it can be really just about simplifying. So I love that. Love that. So I'd love to know, like with this whole journey that you've taken your business, what do you feel that you've learned about yourself so far? Oh my gosh, so much. Uh, <laughs> so, How long have yeah, you got? <laughs> I know. Well, I just think it's such a, it's such a shift from an employee mindset to an entrepreneurial mindset. And I think that your mindset, I like I literally wrote a post on it yesterday on Instagram. You can have all the tactics in the world, but at the end of the day's mindset trumps everything because I can tell you, and this is how I started my business as well. I was doing business and brand strategies for women in business and then they weren't implementing. Why? Because they didn't have the mind, they didn't have the confidence to do it. And I'm like, what's going on? Like we did all of this stuff. Like you've got the plan. And they were like, yeah, no, not feeling confident enough to be able to do that. I'm like, okay, uh, that's interesting. And so, you know, that's now become a massive part of my work as well, because I am a very strategy-based person. It is something that I love and I enjoy, and um, it can be really simple. But I think I've really learned myself that I have to always be aware of my own mindset and my own thoughts uh, and asking myself, like, what's the story I'm telling myself today? Mm. Yeah. And that's a, that's actually a really big question that I do ask myself really often, especially when I'm not feeling it. And it's fine to have your down times as well. Like I, you know, I've talked about losing my business mojo and all the rest of it recently but I do think that it's really important for us to kind of go, okay, well, what, why am I feeling that? What's happening up here in my head? What, what am I believing is true right now? Mm. And sometimes when I lose my business mojo, there's a couple of things. Number one, I'm t- I might be tired. Uh, number two, I've consumed too much of other people's content. And so that might be kind of me going, oh, like, can I be bothered? Like they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, those sorts of things. It could just be that time of the month. It could yeah. be like, there could be a lot of different, it could be stuff happening with my kids where they're driving me nuts or something. Like yeah. there could be different things, but I think just being in tune with yourself enough just to go, you know, something I'm going to splash in the puddle today and sit and watch like five episodes of the bold type uh, and get back on the horse tomorrow. But just- I love it that that was, <laughs> that was on brand. Can I just say <laughs> I love that. Uh, And I didn't even plan that. I just absolutely (laughs) love that show. Uh, But yeah, but I think just being really in tune with yourself. And I think that's something that I've really learned about myself that I wasn't really aware of. I think when I was working for somebody else, because I was, I was sitting behind their brand. And if somebody said no to our consulting, it wasn't personal, like it's their business. It's not my business. And so I think that that's something that uh, I've actively 
had now. Uh, and I, you know, even when I was writing my first book, I remember pillow talk with the hubby where he was like, what's going on? And I'm like, just a lizard brain. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, basically I'm about to launch my book. And so my brain is going to the place of nobody's going to like it. It's crap. Who do you think you are? Why are you publishing a book? Like you don't have anything to say. It's not going to be successful. I'm like, but you know, I was expecting that. And so those thoughts can come, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, this is going to be awesome. I've got the launch party next week. Like you can go and annoy somebody else. And so I think just that awareness is such a huge thing that as a business owner, especially when you are a personal brand, you have to really tap into, I call her, you're in a diva. Like she's like, girl, today, today we are showing up. We are doing the thing. Like, I don't have time for your whinging and your moaning. Like, let's do this. Yeah. So that's my inner diva. Uh, and so a lot of times when sometimes it sounds like so split personality, which it kind of is, <laughs> but, but it you know. works because you're right. Like it's not your, your thoughts aren't who you are. Yeah. Right. And you can totally override it Choose. like that. Yeah. Love yeah. It. So I think that that's definitely something that I've, I've strengthened that over time. Mm-hmm. I've strengthened my inner diva, I'm really clear on who I am and what I'm here to do. And I think just getting clear on that. Uh, And then even when we look at, you know, like we were talking about your goals, really simple, clear goals can really help you to show up and execute well. And so that's something that I've learned over time as well. Love it. I want to explore this a little bit more if it's okay with you. 100%. Because I believe that when we're we're expanding and, and, you know, evolving in business. It's so important that we're learning from other business people who have come beforehand, who have created what we've wanted to create and we role model them in a way. And I love role modeling in regards to mindset. So I'd love to know from your perspective, when something goes wrong in your business, what happens in your mind? Like, what do you tell yourself? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, what went wrong there? So I go back to the analysis. It's like, obviously you feel the feels, like, oh, damn, like that's really annoying that that didn't work. So I was saying to you, once again, transparency, last year, which was 2020, had biggest launch, which was amazing, biggest year. And then in January launched again, did half as well. So so now I'm like, okay, so that didn't meet my expectations. I thought it would go a lot better than it did. So what went wrong? What was the reason that it went wrong? It's not really, it's never going to be, unless I feel like I didn't do what I wanted to do, then it's never really me. So that's the first thought for me is that like, it's not, you know, it's not, I'm rubbish. I didn't do it. I hate me. (laughs) Yeah. Like I never go there. I just find it a bit annoying if I'm honest. I'm just like, damn, like we put a lot of effort into that. We put a lot of time into it. Like what didn't quite work? What didn't quite land? Like, do I need to tweak my message? Did we, did the ads not work as well? Because Facebook was just being Facebook. Uh, Did I not have enough conversations with some of the people where I could have objection handled better? So for me, I really take a look at like what didn't work. And so that January launch, and I don't think that this was the whole issue, but my website went down. Our webinar platform didn't work properly. Like there were like three or four tech things. Facebook was just all over the place. 
So there were like three or four tech things were in that week, it went to poo. And so you've also got to be okay with that too. Like it's not pleasant. It's not what you want, but I can look at it objectionably. Objectionably? I don't think that's the word. Objectively. 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 (laughs) Objectively and understand what happened. Yeah, and disconnect it from who you are as a person. It's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's, you know, there's so many other things that could have gone into play that affected it. So I love that. Love that. Yeah, and I I also just think that you've got to, you've got to detach yourself from your business. You are not your business. You work in your business. You do the work you love. You have products and services, but you are not, you'd like, it's not my self-worth. That's not tied up in the success of my business. So good. So good. Absolutely. Totally agree. Now let's do the flip side. When something goes amazingly and you have a massive success, what runs through your mind? I am amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, it's in a way, like you can still have that thought, but it not be... Uh, what's the word pretentious or egotistical egotistical like it's literally like yeah like you can back yourself and be like hell yeah I did that yeah I think for me it's just joy it's just excitement and joy when everything goes really well I think the first thing I think of is this is so like I cannot once again I cannot believe that I get to do this this is so exciting and so awesome and then I'm just like I cannot wait to get to know all the women that I'm about to work with. And so that's another exciting thing. Like they're going to come into the community. They're going to get to know everybody. They're going to collaborate. I get to work with them for the next eight weeks and onwards. Like for me, you know, I've got a big vision as I'm sure you do as well, where I'm like, I want to work with like thousands of women. I want to talk about money, profitability, being bold, having a great brand, And I want those women to, like, I want to get those messages that I get, which is like, oh, my God, I've never felt so confident. I went after this big opportunity and I got it. And I'm just like, yes, "Yes, that's so exciting. Uh, And so when things go well, I almost kind of forward project to, like, where they're going to be and how exciting that's going to be. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm the same. Like whenever I have a new client sign on, I'm like, and they're telling me all the doubts and all the fears and all the self-sabotaging behavior and where they're at and everything. And I'm just like seeing you in, you know, in three months time, I'm going to be like, you're a whole different person. That's so exciting for me. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Amazing. So I want to talk to you about Brand Builders because you've got Brand Builders Academy coming up really soon. So can you tell us a little bit about that and who it's for? Yeah, absolutely. So Brand Builders Academy, which is my signature course, it was one of the things that I kept with me through everything. And so it is eight weeks of live coaching in an incredible community. And it's really for women that want to understand how to run a business and build their brand. And so what I've just found is that I've had people come in and they're like, this was the stuff I've been missing. Like I didn't really know how I should plan my business. I didn't really understand how to manage my money. I didn't understand how to price and package in a way. And I talk about creating profitability and freedom for you, but incredible value for your clients as well. Mm. And so it's really all those bits and pieces around how to step up and run your business like a business. 
I think a oh. lot of times, and I don't, you know, I love all of the, and we do talk about mindset as well. And I love all of the content and social and all of that sort of stuff, but I'm just really passionate about saying, what's your profit and loss? Can you tell me what your profit and loss is? Like when you go after that opportunity, what happened? Like, what was your strategy around that? And so I just really want women to be more strategic and I want them to learn how to run businesses well so that Mm. they can scale that and not have to work all the time. So Mm. I always talk about having the system strategies and structure to be able to scale your business in a really profitable and powerful way. And that's what Brand Builders Academy is. Uh, And you get lifetime access to it. So a lot of my students go through it several times. And I always say I go through it myself every year where I'm like, right, so at this next level, what what does my brand strategy need to be? If I want to now go into the US and the UK and everywhere, what do I need to do now? as opposed Mm. to what my strategy was last year. With my financials, what's that leap and how am I going to get there? What's my mindset need to be? And so a lot of my students go through BBA. They're like, right, I did it last year. I'm ready for the next level. I'm joining in the live coaching again, uh, which I totally welcome as well. So, yeah, so that's what Brand Builders Academy is. It's my joy. Love it. And I can hear that in your voice. It's so amazing. So tell us, where can we find out more? Yeah, so you can go to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and you can find out all the details there. Uh, Our doors open on the 12th of July 2021 when we're speaking about this. But no matter when you're listening to this podcast episode, if you go to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA, then you'll be able to uh, find out all the details there as well. I am running some live masterclasses. And so I'll be sharing that link with you uh, in the show notes too, so people can sign up for that. Absolutely. Make sure you do. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting today. I've absolutely loved our conversation. And just to wrap things up, I would love for you to share what some some of the best advice you've been given or what advice would you give for someone in their personal brand that wants to take things to the next level? Yeah, for sure. So I think that generally in business, when it comes to one of the best things that I love is stay out of your client's wallets. I think it's just don't assume what your clients can and can't afford. Don't price your products because you're like, well, I think people could afford that. Like be really strategic in how you build and run your business and stay out of your clients' wallets. It's none of your business. Oh, damn. (laughs) That's awesome. That's probably one of the best things that my mentor um, shared with me. Because at the end of the day, you you got no idea how much money people have got sitting in their banks. And even though they might be a stay-at-home mom or they might have a part-time job or they might be a woman in business, they could have 100 grand sitting in a savings account somewhere. Like you don't know. And it's up yeah. to people what they spend their money on and what's important to them. If we want something, we will always find the means to make it happen. So just do your job. Do what you're here to do and stay out of your clients' wallets. That's the first thing, which is more a general business thing. The second thing when it comes to your personal brand is that brand is about building an emotional connection with your audience. And so I really want you to think about when you are building your personal brand, who are you here to be and what is that impact that you want to make and talk about that. 
Like don't always be functional and strategic in the way that you talk about things. Speak to the heart and really connect with people on a deeper level. And, you know, as Maya Angelou always says, people will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And I think people who have got incredible personal brands understand how to speak to the heart. Mm, So true. So true. Love it. You left the best to last. That was amazing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Suze. It's just been amazing. I'll make sure I share all the details in the show notes and I'm sure people will reach out to you on socials as well. So thanks again. And if anyone's listening to this, I'd love for you to share what your takeaway was. Make sure you reach out to either Suze or me on, on Instagram and share it with us in our DMs or tag us in your stories. And I hope you have an incredible week. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.